When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is December 26, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and for a change this week in our post-Christmas edition, I am joined by Raj Geary and Nick Hausman together. Guys, I don't think the three of us have done this together yet. Have we? Maybe once early, like way back? I feel like my one of my first shows, was, maybe I, I could be just wrong. I mean, if it is, that's awesome. But I for sure thought that we'd had a chance to do this before. Yeah, we did it once, but... I don't know. You could be right. Yeah, it all blends together after a while, right? Uh, Post SmackDown, uh, Christmas SmackDown, which was taped last week, but even with two pre-taped shows, Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, WWE managed to throw in some surprises and make some news this week. So I'm sure as people heard Monday night on Raw, Vince McMahon dressed as Santa Claus in a pre-taped promo announced the women's tag division is coming to uh, WWE. Are there any further details on this, Raj, aside from what Vince announced? No. I mean, it was clear it was coming, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird to announce it on the show. That's going to probably be the least rated, you know, least viewed show of the year. Um, but still, you know, good, good announcement. Good for them. We don't know if that means two separate, you know, tag titles. Is there going to be one for Raw and one for SmackDown? Are they just going to do it on Raw? I just don't know if they have the depth for two separate uh, tag titles. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Nick, what do you think of this? I don't think we've really talked about this on the Wednesday podcast. This we idea. Ha- we haven't. And I kind of liked, I kind of dug the way they did it. Um, I think there was a, maybe a clue to how the titles are going to get uh, treated in that video. Cause he also brought up John Cena's returning right to mm. raw, to raw and SmackDown, right? The pay-per-views are now raw and SmackDown pay-per-views. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't know how far they're going to push it, but it does seem like they're becoming more comfortable again with doing some kind of cross-brand things. So with him saying that Cena is going to be on both brands, I didn't know if that was maybe a way to just kind of say we're going to be doing more stuff with both brands. But also, as far as the, you know, weirdness about putting on the Christmas Eve episode, I thought, I was like, why would, why would you do that? And here's why I think you would do it, because it's, it's pretty hard to surprise people with these shows, right? Because you're yeah. taking all the in-ring stuff and the matches. So you ha- you want something coming out of these shows that it's at least buzzy, that's going to grab Wrestling Inc., that's going to grab others in the pop culture universe. And so this was a way to do something buzzy they could keep under wraps on a show that was largely going to be available if you wanted to go find out what was going on already, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think it does. I mean, and I, I like that they did it. I like that there was some news. I mean, Raj, I'm sure you can appreciate if they'd just shown exactly what was pre-taped last week in Sacramento, no one yeah. would even be talking about this episode, which is a shame because uh, I did not watch Raw this week, but I did see an animated GIF of that bump <laughs> on Legos that Bobby Lashley took. Why did they burn that on Christmas? Well, when else are you going to use Legos, right? <laughs> so, Still, I mean, oh, I mean, just, uh, man, like, what would you pick, Raj? Thumbtacks or Legos? What would you rather take a bump on? Man, dude, Legos, 
it, I mean, it looks funny, but it hurts. So uh-huh. that's, that's almost what, why you wouldn't do it, right? Because it looks comical. You, and so when you take a bump on it, I think a lot of people won't appreciate it just because it looks funny. Uh, but those things hurt, man. So, you know, props to Lashley for taking it. I, I, I don't know. It, yeah. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a brutal move. Yeah. Thumbtacks have some give, at least. You know? Yeah, a little um, bit. Um, I, I wouldn't take either. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nick? If you had to pick thumbtacks or Legos? Uh, I mean, I would probably do the th- I would probably do the Legos just because I hate needles and they would just in general spook me out. Um, but uh, as far as the Legos thing go, too, we're doing this whole fresh start initiative. We're giving the fans more of what they want. The women's tag team thing was a step in the direction. The Legos, is, as silly as it is, that is a very common trope on the deathmatch scene right now. There are a lot of death matches out there, uh, the GCW guys, these no-ring bar shows they're doing. Of course, everybody's uh, death match thing got real big with David Arquette and Nick Gage. They, they maybe use Legos in that match. Legos, wow. are, Legos are commonplace in death match wrestling right now. And I do wonder if this was another kind of subtle thing they fed in on this off week where they shouldn't be having to try, but they're obviously trying to reinvent. Is this something for the diehards they did that are like, oh, damn. They're doing a Lego spot. That's that's kind of cool. That's weird. I wouldn't expect that from WWE. Yeah, I just think the wrong week to do it. Well, uh, again, it's like mm, it's yeah, the Christmas know. episode. I get it. I understand. Of all the Christmases, <laughs> I mean, man, now some Duplo blocks. I'll take a bump on Duplo blocks any day of the week. Those things are much bigger and softer. But Legos have no give. No. Mm. Sharp edges. And if that plastic breaks, that's not a good scene. Um, I've been to deathmatch shows where they take those wiffle ball bats and they'll super glue Legos all geez. along the sides of the wiffle ball bat and they'll just whack each other. They'll also put tacks and everything else in there. But whatever. Wow. That sounds horrible. Why would people subject themselves to this? Um, so aside from that and the tag belts, were there any high points uh, of raw on Monday that we should discuss? I did not watch the episode, but those are the two pieces of news I saw come out of the coverage of raw Monday. We can throw the natty Rhonda thing in now, Raj. I mean, we're oh, have to wait yeah, let's, yeah, let's do that. So yeah. Wharton has it uh, because of their training together. This match was hundred percent called on the fly. Yeah. And that's not, you know, uh, Ronda Rousey usually, I mean, she's, all the great matches that she's had have all been rehearsed ahead of time. Uh, so, you know, Nia Jax, uh, Alexa Bliss, and, and and Nikki Bella. And they've all been really good, but they've all been, like, you know, planned out, you know, move for move at the Performance Center. So to do this less than a year in, uh, in her debut, and to go, you know, 15 minutes, whatever they went, uh, is just super impressive. Uh, it tells you you know, uh, how great of a worker that Natalia is and, you know, uh, how, how fast Ronda Rousey is taken to this. So I, I was, I was super impressed when, after I heard that, mm-hmm. how was it, was, it was a good match regardless. Yeah. I mean, without knowing that it mm-hmm. felt very different than other WWE matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with Raj. It did feel different. And this was another one of those things where it's a talking point coming out of the show. Like, it got out, you know, I think it was F4W, Meltzer mentioned it on the radio show. You know, it got out there that, you know, these women called this match on the fly. And that's another one of those things you hear uh, amongst hardcore fans, especially older fans, oh, what happened to calling it out in the ring? Why is everything so laid out right now? I just thought it was really interesting. You know, they just kicked off this fresh start thing last week. 
we were kind of talking a bit doom and gloom on the idea of getting it off through the holiday season through these pre-tapes, but they did these little things, you know, the tag belt, Cena return. This was called on the fly, the Lego spot. There were things in there to keep hardcore fans on the hook of saying, well, these guys are obviously not letting their guard down. They're going to fight through this. They're not going to waste any time. We got WrestleMania on the horizon. And in that regard, I was actually very, very impressed with the work they did on Raw. And I thought SmackDown was also very good as well. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. These weren't the usual complete throwaways. Raw, no. Raw. I mean, really, Raw. If you missed it outside the Vince announcements, you didn't miss too much newsworthy uh, as far as newsworthy items. But it was still better than uh, recent weeks. I thought. I thought yeah. uh, you know Rousey and the revival match with uh, uh, Rude and Gable were both really good. Yeah, and that Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight was probably yeah. the. Maybe the best miracle on 34th Street fight ever. You know, it's way better than it had any reason to be. That's yeah. uh, coming soon from WWE home video or pardon me, Coliseum home video. You know, the miracle on 34th Street fight, just all of them, all the of them best, compiled. The best, the best, like Halloween and miracle on 34th Street fights. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. man. Um, one thing also before we get into SmackDown, I wanted to shout out, you know, I was actually surprised I haven't seen this covered too much on wrestling sites i got an oculus go for christmas have you guys messed around with vr yet at all i have yes a so little bit the wwe experience through next vr have you guys watched any of those i haven't but i hear it's incredible i mean if you would like to describe it i'm all ears yeah it's so, fascinating so you see these weird big cameras uh, on poles sometimes in the corners uh, SummerSlam, fast lane survivor series wrestlemania they've had these set up and it's this is completely free so you know this is one thing if you're looking for a late gift for a wrestling fan if you want to buy something for yourself the oculus vr now it's like it's like $50 off. You can get one for $170, the cheapest model. It's standalone, no hardware required. Next VR is a free app. And in there, the first thing I did was I saw, oh my God, SummerSlam Survivor Series. Um, they're edited versions of the matches and the angles change, but you could be right at the ring post. At yeah, first, I was like, oh, this is kind of lame. It's like a Viewmaster. And then when I think I saw Nia Jax come flying at me in the ring post, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool to watch these matches. Where do you see? Where do you watch the matches? Uh, it's the Next VR app. So audience. it's on the app. It's not, you don't go to the WWE network. It's exactly, exactly. You get the next VR app and there's other sports stuff. You can watch basketball, football, other things that they've shot. They do live events, but they've got a selection of WWE stuff in there. It's completely free. So if you have a VR headset, you just got one for Christmas. I highly recommend downloading the next VR app and checking these out. I hope the WWE keeps doing it because I've heard nobody talk about these, but this is a really cool way to watch these matches. I mean, I rewatched uh, from Mania, uh, Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt and Ronda. And I like that match a lot on TV. I loved watching that match in VR. It was much a different perspective to be there on the ring post in the corner watching that match unfold. Huh. That's awesome. Now, wait, can, you can you can watch it live through the app or you have to no. wait till after the fact? After. They edit them. Oh. They edit them and okay. put them up there. So, uh, But I watched Survivor Series. I watched uh, Ronda Charlotte they had in there. So it's, it was, it's probably a couple-week delay until they put these up on there. But I'm surprised I just haven't seen these talked about before. I'd forgotten they were there because I think it was a news bite maybe a year ago that they were going to start doing this. Remember cool. when the remember when the new flat screens came out and everything went from being square to rectangles and everyone's like, ah, this is going to take forever for everyone to change their TVs around. It's just new technology. I think it's really cool. I, I love the Oculus stuff. And if Oculus is listening, Raj and I would have a much more informed discussion with <laughs> right now if we could all be maybe using Oculus and, and trying out this free VR app. So 
Tell you, 170 bucks, man. There's no excuse <laughs> not to get it at that point. And it went self-contained uh, because before it was always, oh, I don't want to hook it up to my computer or my PlayStation. Right. You know, right. so. well, a lot of it is comfort, right? Like people, yeah. never, the 3D thing never got going because you have to wear the glasses. Yeah, at home, you know. So, uh, but with the the VR stuff, it's it's really cool. Like I took my daughters. There's this place that they have the games where you know you you put on VR headsets and. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. And there's other neat stuff with it. Although all the weird horror games and the scares, like I, I'm not even touching that stuff. People like download the Meg experience where it's like a shark is attacking you. It's like, I don't need that. I'll just stick to wrestling, you know, and uh, various yeah. things. Um, so before we jump into talking about SmackDown, I want to take a moment, thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. Getting tickets online is so, so complicated. There are 100 sites, varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. Now, I'm telling you right now, guys, you probably did an okay job at Christmas and getting stuff for your significant other. Let me tell you how you can make that up today and make things better. I want you to download the SeatGeek app, go there, and tell your significant other, hey, I got us tickets for something in the new year just as a way to say thank you. Let's plan ahead. Let's go out. Let's do more. Let's see things. Experience arts, the culture. And what better way to do that than with SeatGeek? Because there is nothing like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Now, what SeatGeek, the reason why this is so genius, it pulls in millions of tickets in one place, so you can easily find the seats you want for a price that you're willing to pay. And for me, we talked about this. I went and saw Dear Evan Hansen uh, when it was in San Francisco. Saw that due to SeatGeek. They made it happen. I've gone to so many wrestling events, live concerts, the theater, comedy. SeatGeek is my go-to because I know that I'm going to get tickets that are 100% verified, trustworthy. They guarantee they're going to work. They're going to get me in there. I can see exactly what I'm paying, exactly where I'm going to be sitting. And they actually grade the tickets on based on value so you know immediately the best seats that fit your budget. You don't have to call the box office and be like, hey, where's this seat located? No, SeatGeek is going to tell you okay here's where you're sitting and this is how good it is plus again guaranteed especially when you're getting a gift for someone oh, oh lord i mean you really want to make sure you're going to get in there with confidence no worrying about it wondering i wonder if these are going to scan with SeatGeek, they're going to scan because they're fully guaranteed make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything sports concerts comedy theater and professional wrestling i have the app on my phone raj has got it it's the easiest way to shop for tickets and yeah on the new year i'm going to see robbie williams uk pop star first american date in 20 years SeatGeek is getting me into that show in las vegas cannot be happier raj what are you going out to see lately hey man so actually this this just happened last night on christmas my my brother-in-law we were talking about going to the nuggets game this friday nice and uh so in the morning he texted me he's like i'm about to buy these tickets because we're taking our daughters so and you know my wife his wife so he's like i'm gonna get eight tickets on Ticketmaster, and I was, it was like slow motion i was like no it's <laughs> like, man, don't worry about Ticketmaster. I was like, you know, uh, you, you got to use SeatGeek. So I went and I got the tickets on, on SeatGeek, and it was way easier, way quick. That's all I use now. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it, it's super easy, and it, it's the best uh, the best deals. Absolutely, and I love that, too. I love that sometimes if, if I just know that I want to take my wife out, if we just want to go out, I was telling my brother this. I was like, go on SeatGeek, see where the deals are for that weekend. If you want to do something last minute, a great surprise. And if something you want to plan ahead. I mean, it's really flexible. It's really great. Uh, it has completely changed the way I buy tickets. It will do that for you as well. And best of all, our listeners are going to get $10 off their first seat 
their first SeatGeek purchase to get $10 off. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek Life is an event and they've got the tickets and we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. God, they've been with us all year, all of 2018. So uh, look forward I, to I it. just bought tickets. Like while, while you were doing that, I just bought tickets to Hootie and the Blowfish in Tenley Park. Nice. <laughs> is that the tour with uh, Bare Naked Ladies opening? It is, and I will be sitting up on the lawn where real Hootie fans watch the show from, not down in the seats with the bourgeois. Nice. Try to convince my wife, because we're big Bare Naked Ladies fans. So I was like, okay, we should go see them opening. My wife, you know, it's just something about growing up in the 90s. She's just got a mental block with Hootie. She can't do it. Biggest pop of me for the year was Bare Naked Ladies riding the Hawaiian bread float at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade yes. thing in one week. That was incredible. Yeah, it's funny. I saw that that morning after we saw Stephen Page solo the night before. So that was a very weird uh, duality between the two mm -hmm. of them. Uh, SeatGeek, promo code INC, save 10 bucks, And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. SmackDown Live last night, opening Christmas Day. Wow, this, of course, was pre-taped in Fresno. And... Man, that, I got to say, I, I thought this was an entertaining episode, but that crowd noise was so bad, that piped-in crowd noise. It was so obvious. Uh, it just felt like a, a badly dubbed – it took me out of a lot of the segments, honestly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, well, and they really put in work on it because if you notice during the Rusev chant, I mean, they had like the Rusev Day, the Nakamura chant. I mean, like whoever worked in post-production audio for the WWE really went overboard. They on, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like a symphony of different audio. This wasn't just like, ah. I mean, they even got the This Is Awesome chant in there at one point. But then you looked at the crowd and it looked like mannequins just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it was like dead yeah. silence. The only time I saw a real pop was, you know, we'll get to it. The mid segment, I thought, really got the crowd going. But, yeah, it was like when you're watching that front row and everybody's just sitting there like this, but you're hearing, you know, the big sound. Very jarring. I agree. Very jarring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was kind of half paying attention. I was like, oh, hot crowd. And I looked up and I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. um, so opened up with uh, Truthy Claws and Carmelfa coming out to the ring. Uh, doing a seven-second carol break and then being interrupted by Daniel Bryan, who just really came over there and killed Christmas. I mean, let's face it. Uh, faced off with the two of them, ended up beating up our truth I was bummed out by this. I know I've been talking about the new Daniel Bryan spitting, spitting the, the hot fire and the truth and the reality on people to sort of, you know, bring them down. But I thought this was excessive last night, especially on Christmas. What'd you That's guess? kind of his deal, though, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he's supposed to be excessive. I mean, he's – I. it's so weird to me to watch a guy go out there and so aggressively try to get what would be traditionally called cheap heat by making people – making fun of people directly in their hometowns, all this stuff, with the kind of pedigree he has. It's it's an interesting game. He can pull it off, um, but it, I, don't, I don't know. I'll also I'll, – I'll reply by saying, who are the heels right now in WWE? Across Monday and SmackDown, everybody's getting baby. Ever, all the babies are over. Everybody's likable. Everybody's great. They're all fan favorites. Who are the heels? Daniel huh. Bryan, if nothing else, is going out there right now and trying to make a big, a good bad guy. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it, it worked for what it was. I think it's weird to watch Daniel Bryan talk about how uh, he's against pollution. And that's a heel move, right? Like, yeah. And the crowd is booing, you know, like, we want pollution. Um, 
But Daniel Bryan makes it work. I think I think he's doing a fantastic job. I think he's the most interesting character outside of Becky Lynch right now in WWE. I just find it weird that so many of the things he's saying, uh, I don't know. They just don't seem heelish to me. But well, yeah, and that's that's my point. Is when he's talking about the coral reef depleting, right? I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm really bummed out now. It's like this is my escape from this. You know, for the 20 years we've got left on the planet before the sun engulfs the earth in a giant ball of flame, pro wrestling is my escape, and Daniel Bryan's just not letting me have that anymore. Yeah, I'd really like to know how much input Vince has on this character or how much of it is Daniel Bryan solely driving the ship because there's two lines of thoughts I have as well, where it's like, well, Daniel Bryan obviously loves the environment. If you watch, you know, any of the reality shows, great father, he would have carried birdie himself. He He has a combo. Yeah. This guy genuinely believes this stuff. So I agree. Why would you, why would you try to make people resent those ideas? Um, I do sometimes look at WWE as like a conservative Saturday Night Live. Um, so through that guise, uh, I could see how that character could be portrayed as like, you know, whiny, always in my ear kind of thing. And um, so, I mean, I don't know if it's Daniel playing to his audience. I don't know if this is something Daniel's always wanted to do. Or I don't know if this is Vince saying, go out there and present your ideas like this. I, I would be fascinated <laughs> To find out what that dynamic is like, I, I'm sure that Daniel Bryan is how Vince sees liberals, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I, that's I, how. Well, uh, Daniel fought for this, right? That all the reports said is Daniel yeah. wanted to turn heel, and he had this idea. And so, I, I don't know. I would love no, to see what that. I, kind no, of for sure. Is. I'm sure Daniel Bryan is uh, doing his own character, but Vince loves it that much more because that's how he sees, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the left, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah. That's that's the thing is I don't know if it's just Daniel playing to his audience or what they think their audience is. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure. Um, he, you know, he did it with Zeb Coulter too. He, he you know making people caricatures and but I, I think Daniel Bryan is uh, he's the most yeah again I think on the promos and everything uh, of all the people in the company I think he is uh, the best right now on the mic. Well, and it's interesting you say Zeb because my initial reaction was like, well, Zeb was kind of a good guy, but he wasn't. He was the radical right, you know, right. and so he, mm. he was a bad guy, him and Swagger there. So maybe this just is a case of Vince just trying to push buttons. I just am very interested to know how much of this was Daniel Bryan saying, I want to do this, and how much of it is Vince saying, do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to know that dynamic, you know. Uh, so Truth was talking about being 30 in the Royal Rumble, and Carmella, of course, will be 30 in the Women's Royal Rumble. Truth saying that once he wins, he'll challenge maybe for the WWE Championship that's around, uh, that was over Daniel's shoulder, but that's, of course, if Daniel still has the championship after the Royal Rumble. Um, man, I kind of want to see Truth and Daniel in a little feud here, but it seems like, based on the backstage segments, we are getting Daniel and Mustafa Ali for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, but with truth, our truth, man, what a year, what a comeback again. I mean, not that he ever, you know, I mean, he just goes off TV for a while, but when he came back, him and Carmelo last night, they uh, really opened the show in a very, very hot style. Thought that was, you know, the absolute perfect move. Love Daniel Bryan facing off, Daniel beating truth. Great way to get him some more heat. And then after that, we had Mustafa Ali versus Andrade Cien Almas. Now, Can I, talk about real fast? I just yeah. wanted to touch real fast on our truth. Like, yeah. I really liked what they did with our truth because as I've been saying, I want our truth to get his edge back and they cut him off at the dancing segment. He got his crap tossed. 
I don't know that he's going to be as jovial. And if you're going to build him up as a credible number 30, tell the story of Ron Killings as that last entrant into the Royal Rumble, he needed the beatdown he got on SmackDown. He mm. needed that to happen here going into Rumble Mania season. That's all I wanted to say. So, in my yeah. opinion. We'll see. We'll see if he keeps it. I think everyone's been speculating he's going to lose it in a storyline. Uh, but no, I, 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 I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> because that number 30 spot, it's always the, the most anticipated spot. When you, when you automatically say so-and-so has it, it just takes away a lot of that anticipation. So um, I hope, you know, I was saying, you have the Women's Royal Rumble, number 30, R-Truth comes out. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and automatically, because he... Put himself there, he's out of the men's Royal Rumble. So, you know, so I, don't know. I, I just think uh, it, it's better left as a surprise. No, I agree. It is weird having it announced ahead of time. We saw the promos last night. Uh, as of today, Royal Rumble, a month and a day away, January 27th from Arizona. I'm really looking forward to this. It's amazing how even during a lull in WWE programming, you just show that Royal Rumble promo. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like, I'm, I'm in. I'm back. It's really, um, it really feels more unpredictable this year. Uh, there's no one that they've been uh, putting the rocket strap on, right? Like, yeah. the, the, that's an obvious winner. I mean, there's the rumors of Seth Rollins facing Brock Lesnar. I don't know. Rollins feels cool to me right now. Uh, Drew, they've cooled him off big time. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Who wins? I mean, hmm. you know, who's, who's going to be in the SmackDown main event uh, at, at Mania? Is it Daniel Bryan still his champion? Uh, does AJ regain it? There's a lot of different ways you can go. So I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by this year's, uh, by the 2019 Rumble. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so during this match, Mustafa Ali versus Andrade Cien Almas, all I kept thinking about, Roger, there, is there truth to the rumors that uh, Andrade is very unhappy in the WWE? How can he be happy? Uh, just look at where he was and, and what he left, you know, uh, as La Sombra, the big star that he was and, He's barely on TV when he is. He's, you know, we, we see how he's being used. So uh, he was a hot act in NXT. Him and Zelina Vega uh, had incredible chemistry. Instead, they, they haven't split them up, but by having Zelina kind of, you know, doing her own thing as a, as a wrestler, which is not her strength, her, that act is a hot act. And they should be getting a lot more TV time. They should be uh, doing a lot more with that. And, you know, here he is. So. I'm sure. Well, what do you think, Nick? Was this a good use of Andrade? I mean, giving Mustafa Ali this win over him to, I mean, Mustafa's on fire right now. They are clearly treating him like a big deal as the newest addition to the SmackDown roster coming from 205 Live. Uh, all the momentum is behind him. Look like he's going to go uh, continue this program with Daniel Bryan. I mean, Nick, how would you feel if you're Andrade and you're in this spot last night? Well, Ali's very likable. So if you're going to do the job to help somebody get to the next level, I mean, I'm sure that he didn't mind being being the one to to help Ali get to that that stage. Um, I'm of two minds. You know, he did get to go out and have a great match with Ali. And if you're out having good matches to great matches on SmackDown Live regularly, there's a very good chance you'll keep longevity within the company, how far you can go. I don't know. I mean, yes, he had so much success as La Sombra down in Mexico. It, was he happier there? Does he feel like he's going to have a better home there? I can see why he'd want to leave. Um, but at the same time, in the WWE universe, we're so character-driven, and you have to be able to relate you know, on the microphone. I, I haven't seen him bite me 
like that or grab me in that environment, even through the losses and stuff. I haven't really seen him create a, a Twitter stink or anything like that, you know, just something to, to get me going. So if in that regard, he's, he's just not happy and he's complacent or whatever, and he wants to go, that's his call. I, I did think the match was very good between these two. I mean, it's, it's just a story. Wins and losses are just part of the story. Um, for Ali though, this was a great follow-up to the Daniel Bryan bouts and he looked good. He looked strong. And based off of what happened here after the match backstage, I, I don't, last week I said, I thought I saw Mustafa Ali possibly winning the rumble. Cause I was like, where do you go after he beats the champ? Now I can't even believe I say this. I think we're going to get Ali versus Daniel Bryan for the title at the rumble. I don't even know that we may yep. see Ali in the rumble. I, I don't. And that's smart too. With him breaking out as, as much as him right now, putting him in the rubble maybe too fast, too soon. He looks credible. He hung with one of the best in the world. He's on fire right now. And this was not about Andrade as much to me as it was the story of Ali and how they're trying to position him so quickly uh, in another tier in the company. Yeah, I think Mustafa Ali, I think he's great uh, in the ring. I think he needs to work on his promo skills. Uh, the underdog thing will only get you so far. At some point, you need to be more interesting. You need, you know, main event charisma is, it's not an easy thing to do. But uh, I think, man, he is, uh, he's great in the ring. So I'd like to see him work on that aspect. And uh, the only thing I worry about is WWE drops the ball so often on talent that they're pushing. You'll see, like, you know, a guy that all of a sudden is like, oh, man, they're going to finally do something with this character. And then a month later, they're back to where they were. And I hope that's not the case this time because Ali is so talented and I feel like he's getting a, a good boost and I'd like to see them uh, keep going with it. Yeah. So uh, he got a big DDT dragged almost over the corner, did the 054 for the pin and the win. And uh, then later in the night backstage when he's being congratulated by all the members of the 205 roster, he was attacked by Daniel Bryan. So that storyline is going to keep going. And uh, it's good to see that Daniel Bryan wasn't hurt from the the 054 last Oh, week. that's right. That, yeah. looked, that looked, you know, like he got that knee right on his face. So he's uh, clearly he's fine because that was taped right after. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the New Day come out to do commentary for this tag match. Big E oiled up. Big E was trending on Twitter last night. He looked like he should be wearing a bra. He is mm-hmm. very stacked. Um, yeah. New Day came out and did commentary in this match. The Usos and with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows versus Sanity and The Bar. Ah, they talked about we're going to see more of the tag teams. We're going to shake it up. I, I, I don't know about you guys. It's not that we just want to see these guys wrestle. I think it's about giving them a meaningful storyline, yeah. especially with Gallows and Anderson and Sanity. I mean, The Usos, always fantastic as always. Uh, the Bar, I think, is risen to the level that they can just show up and they have, you know, instant uh, projection of what the audience thinks of them. But yeah, this exhibition match, I mean, it was nice to see Gals and Anderson and Sanity get some screen time, but man, I want a storyline with these guys. I want something to really get us invested um, and tell us who they are. Nick, what did you think of this? Just as far as uh, the exhibition, uh, the team up of these tag teams. Very interesting. Um, I don't know how, how much you follow the being the elite series uh, from uh, the elite on YouTube, but they took a real, they took a hard shot at WWE and their treatment of the tag team division uh, two episodes ago. 
and mm. basically said, that's why we're not signing with the company. We saw how you treated the tag team division on Monday Night Raw. Like, they wrote that out. And um, I, I can see how they're going to try to reestablish. It's not a surprise to me that the club was the one who got the pinfall here. <laughs> um, they're they're going to... They're going to try to to reestablish these teams. They're all very good teams. Sanity has the coolest entrance. I don't know why they just appeared in the ring. That was weird to me. We've seen the bar entrance a million times. Um, and Cesaro took the pin. It wasn't Sanity. So there was, you know, there was a lot of little things they did in this match to kind of help reset the table as far as the power dynamic goes within the tag team division. Uh, it's going to be about the follow up. I thought this match was very good. They did a lot of things on the slide that I think. Uh, definitely put all the teams in a different spot that I think is probably going to be better for all all four of them. And New Day, five, for that matter. I think SmackDown has a very stacked tag division. Way more stacked than Raw, at least. Uh, But to your point, um, I felt like this was just the standard stuff that they always do. You know, the other team pins the champions, that's the feud. And then they'll probably have some singles matches along the way. (laughs) You know, there we go. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see something different. Um, and, and not, you know, rap battles, I thought the one that they did with the New Day and the Usos was awesome. Fantastic. Uh, the one was just, you know, with the, the bar, not so much. Uh, but uh, just just give them, yes, give them some storylines. Give them something different than the champions get beat, do some singles matches, then blow off you, uh, which, which is what they always do. Yeah, and I mean, if you look game, at, man, he's completely wasted. I think right now. I mean, he, all he seemed that, like he was going to be a breakout star, and nothing. I mean, aside from that United We Purge line going into Survivor Series, when's when's last time Sanity got any promo time of note on SmackDown Live? And Eric well, Young is a great promo. Yeah, yeah, they got to build him up. I mean, the Usos were largely forgotten before they started cutting these promos and changed up their gimmick. Yeah, Kenny um, needs to change his look. I mean, he yeah. looked—he stood out in NXT. Now he looks like an '80s job guy, you know, with the the singlet. You know, he's like the guy that would lose on <laughs> uh, superstars of wrestling on Saturday morning. So, but we talked about this uh, with Matt Morgan uh, last week, Raj. That I think they've got a problem right now is they've got all these big guys with beards that all look like '80s job guys. Yeah, they all look like mid carders for you know from bygone era. Um, and they've got to do something about it. I mean, Kevin Owens stands out, but uh, like heavy machinery, I mean, right. they look, yes, like they should be uh, losing to the Road Warriors on a Saturday right. afternoon. Right, yeah. Uh, so, and, and again, I think promo time would help these guys a ton. Uh, Eric Young is so good on the mic. There's there's no reason why they, they don't do more with them. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of heavy machinery, we did get the coming soon promos again for Lars Sullivan, EC3, uh, Tucker Knight, and Otis Dosevic, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross coming to Raw or SmackDown soon. Who knows? Uh, Nikki Cross, man, I think she would be a great way to, to get some life into sanity and let them do some of those vignettes, some of those segments. Something just to get us interested, just to get us excited. Uh then we had a special Christmas. As a TV viewer, isn't it so random if you don't follow NXT yeah. that you're watching SmackDown that one week and and you know Nikki Cross is out with Sanity. You're like, wait, what's you know what's going on? And then never mentioned again. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, from a storytelling point of view, it's just so bad. She should have just been with Sanity uh, right after that, like you know, and and 
describe and, and let the viewers know their their background and and that you know she was with them and now she's back. Uh, instead, it was just a one off because they were in London and and she's gone. And now they're introduced. I think in many ways, they kind of just want to like turn the Etch-A-Sketch on its side, right? Like they mm -hmm. want you to forget everything that happened before the McMahons came out and told you Domino's Pizza is very bad. We're no longer going to be making pizza the same way. We're going to destroy our restaurants, right? I mean, they've admitted that they knew they were making, you know, bad a bad product. Now they, uh, you know, they're going to be trying to do things differently, so they say. And I, I, I think they just want you to forget and, and I think they're just going to try to build on new stories. They're, they're trying to revive a whole lot of guys right now all at once, you know, revival, Tyler Breeze, the club, uh, Mustafa Ali. I mean, every, everybody's changing directions right now in the winds. Um, I think if, I, I think they honestly just want you to forget what you just said. I think they're like, don't think like that. You know what the big difference is, though, Nick? I and mean, this just tells you uh, like any other business in the world versus the WWE. Domino's, before they made the announcement, spent years testing new recipes, getting feedback, coming up with a formulated plan for how they were going to do things differently. The WWE, it's like if Domino's just announced it and said, our pizza sucks. Uh, the next day, well, okay, guys, how can we make this better? And good oh, TV shows are the opposite too, right? Like Game yeah. of Thrones, we're watching it. There'll be some random character three seasons back that shows up for like one scene, and then later they're back, and you're you have you're supposed to remember who they are. Well, uh, it's not like they're they just completely drop them and forget about. Them. Well, and I'll say this: they did have a testing facility for their pizzas. It was NXT, and they found out a better way to make pizza down at NXT. The characters were better, the feuds were better. There's the the pay per views were better. They're, they've been testing out new pizza making, and that's when Vince came out on Raw and said, I can't carry this on my own anymore. I'm going to have some other people join me in the kitchen. I don't, again, is it lip service or is it real? We're going to find mm -hmm. out, but I do think that they figured out how to make a better pizza already, and we're going to see some of those things carry over to the main product. And I think Vince, uh, week three in a Monday Night Raw meeting, Vince goes, I miss the old pizza. Yeah, that's that's what I think. He's gonna look at you know he's gonna look at heavy machinery. He's like, what? What is this? You know, we want more. You know, Brock Lesnar. How much input is he gonna have? I mean, again, it's like, is it lip service or is he really gonna turn the reins over to some other people to make some decisions? That's the, think, that's a big test. I think Vince is gonna help oil, uh, oil up Lars Sullivan himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing he's yeah. been doing stuff his way sixty years. I think that's going to be a tough uh, amount of control to give away. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I felt like nothing has been different the last, you know, since they announced the change. When you announce a change, at least do something a little different. Uh, these shows have been, as far as formula-wise go, have been the same outside of, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali got to win. But outside of that, you know, it's uh, formula-wise, it's, it's been the same. Well, it's even just the, the basic idea. Raj, like with the podcast, so we talked about this. We're taking SmackDown to Tuesdays to go live after SmackDown on Wrestling Inc. You didn't just up and announce that one week. Like, hey, guys, we're moving to Tuesdays. By the way, Glenn, can you do Tuesdays? No, behind <laughs> the scenes, you cleared it. You put it together. You decided the date it was going to change on when everything was final and ready to go. Then we said, hey, guys, we've got an announcement for you. Yeah. That is not how the WWE works. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it, it doesn't make sense for them to, to do the changes right now anyway, because these are going to be the lowest rated Raws and SmackDowns in, in history, you know, this week and next week. So it does make sense to wait till the week after, but don't, when they said it, it made it sound like it was starting tonight, these changes. And then you watch the rest of the show and it's exactly the same. So I, I, I guess it's like, 
to me, I, I think the changes are already happening. I, do, I mean, like when you when wrestling fans think of like changes to something different, what a draft, a shakeup, an invasion angle. Like this is a very non traditional way of doing it. I mean, this is completely remaking their pizza. And you know, when you look at NXT, how different is NXT from the main roster stuff? It's not terribly different, right? It's two dudes fighting and feuds and creating characters. Why does it work there and it doesn't work on the main roster? And what we're talking about with how disjointed the booking has been in WWE, how all over the place they are. I don't know that we're going to see as much of that stuff. And I mean, that's at least me being optimistic about what they mean by fresh start. But I, I definitely think the introduction of new characters, let's clean the slate. Let's start taking one step at a time, block and tackle and, and take this week by week and not fall back into bad habits. To me, that's what the fresh start is that they're, that they're talking about. Yes, I feel like sure. new characters mean nothing if, you, yeah. if they're not used properly. We see a ton of new people brought up the night after WrestleMania and you see where they are a month down the line. Um, I think I just look at Drew McIntyre. He's the perfect example on raw again. He's, you know, he's, he's been marginalized in two weeks. He's dropped so far. And, and that's a problem with their booking. You got someone who's got a ton of momentum and you just kill it for no reason. He was getting over and now you just made him another guy. And, and that's what he quickly is. He seemed like picturing him winning the Royal Rumbles It seemed like a no brainer a few weeks ago. Now it's like, well, he's just, you know, it's the same as any other guy winning it now. Here, he, here's he how far back. Here's how far McIntyre has fallen, Raj. Now, when you say Drew, my th- head, I think McIntyre or Gulak. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but he didn't. He didn't take the pinfall in the triple threat match, right? Yeah, he's been, been he's been t- pinned twice in the last what four weeks. He's been beat by uh, Dolph and Finn. <laughs> if you watch Creed two, Nick, I don't know. Have you seen Creed two? I have not, no. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think Drago loses half his fights before he fights Creed in, in the end? No, but again, it's like right. that he was... That's the, momentum. Was you don't do that. In a scripted show, you have all the, you know, you have the power to affect that. It does, but that's the thing. It's like, what is the story they're trying to tell? I'm with you, but Drew McIntyre is very, very talented, and he's going to be in a blood food here with Dolph Ziggler, it looks like, which is fine. I mean, they're going to do that the fine? Is that, that's not fine. <laughs> I mean, they're going into the Rumble here, and I mean, you got to pick a partner here for the next four weeks. But they're getting behind Finn, right? Like, that's the story to tell now. And you may not like that because you really like Drew McIntyre, but he's a bad guy, right? They're trying to get over Finn right now, and that's the guy that got the win in that match. And again, like, I understand your frustrations with Drew, but the story they're not trying to tell right now is, again, about getting Drew as a convincing winner to the Royal Rumble. The story has changed, right? They've, they've, they've shaken the etch sketch and they're telling new stories now. And the guy they're getting behind, I mean, even a, a couple weeks ago with Finn Balor doing the Bugs Bunny stuff and popping up in three, four different segments, you know, uh, giving Baron Corbin a headache, you could tell even then they were starting to try to figure out how to do more with this guy. And does it have to do with the fact that him and all his Bullet Club buddies may become competition next year? Who knows? Maybe there's a reason Finn and the club are winning right now. Um, but That's fine, me, but you, you spent six months building true. I did, and he's a bad guy, right? He's largely so, been a bad guy. Him and him and Braun and uh, Dolph were like garbage together. That little trio there, uh, or no, Bobby Lashley and and, uh, and Drew. I mean, it's not like this guy's been, you know, taken care of impressively. I mean, he's been good. He stands out in the pack from the time, you know, when there was a whole lot of a mess going on. Hmm. Um, now, now they're trying to restructure and get behind guys and tell longer term stories. I don't know. I, I don't know why it is, but. I think that he looked fine in the bout. I just think it's somebody else's time now. They've changed. They've picked a new direction. And it was a complete waste. You didn't. Look, if 
if you want to push fan, fine. There's a bunch of guys you could have him beat. But you, the, and, and look, I'm not saying that Drew is the next Rock or the next Steve Austin. He pinned right? Dolph, though, on Raw. He didn't pin Drew, I don't think. He pinned Dolph. No, uh, Dolph beat Dolph beat Drew. You know, a few weeks ago, then you know, right. then they 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 switched him to fifty fifty booking, um, which is the first sign of you're moving down the card. And you're another yeah. guy. That that three MB reunion doesn't seem so far fetched anymore, does it? <laughs> yeah, I think you guys are. Way, I, I just think you guys are way like overselling how far they pushed on Drew. I mean, he didn't get pinned on Raw. Dolph did, and then he berated Dolph. No, Dolph he, hit him with Dolph big leg Drew first. And uh, Drew pinned him in the rematch. Dolph beat Drew like th- what was it three weeks ago? Their, their first talking, match. Dolph I'm won talking this Monday night. I'm talking this past Monday night on Raw, right? Like Finn pinned Dolph, and then Drew berated him, right? Right. And then Dolph hit the zigzag and ran away. And so Drew's going to get his hands on him in the steel cage match here on Monday night, right? Yeah, but the genie. So you've been protecting Drew. No one's beaten him until a few weeks ago. Now he's been beaten twice. That genie is out of the bottle, right? It, it's no longer a big deal to see Drew lose. He, he's a beatable guy, like everyone else. You just took out every. You know, again, it's that Drago thing. You don't have Drago get knocked out before you show him fight Creed. If you're building someone up, why have him just lose randomly on Raw to a guy who? is at best a 50-50 guy. Dolph is not going to be in the main event picture uh, anytime soon. So why have him lose to that guy as opposed to keep building that momentum and have him lose to something meaningful on a pay-per-view? What I'm saying, though, is like that happened, that loss happened before the whole new Fresh Start initiative, right? Like that was – now they're like, we're going in a new direction. Drew did not get pinned on Monday night, right? Dolph did, and now Drew's going to get a chance to finish off – Dolph in a steel cage on Monday night and maybe get his momentum back from the losses. I mean, that just like the frustrations you have here, they're like, Vince, yeah, what are fine. you doing? Why'd you pin Drew? You know? <laughs> yeah, the like, argument is that. Change it up. You know, what are you doing? Nick, I think you're giving way too much credit to this restart. We'll see in, in two months where they're at. But uh, the, the point is that there was no reason to beat uh, Drew to begin with when you've given them a six-month undefeated streak. And, and they came out the next week and said, we're blowing it. We've been doing bad booking, you know? Dude, they've done this uh, reboot before, and it, it usually goes back to where they are. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'll, yeah. I'll stay optimistic. But... Different landscape here now. Um, I just say yeah. that incrementally the stuff I've seen on, on Monday and, and Tuesday, I mean – I'll give credit where credit's due. It did not feel exactly the same to me. I did see things that were being done differently. So, Ms. Like TV what? Rollins and, and Rollins and Corbin. No, well, I mean, like we said, you know, they're introducing this tag division. They uh, you know, they're pushing new guys. Ali, I think, is somebody that people will really get behind. I know you say he lacks the mic skills, but he's an everyman, right? He's a former Chicago cop. He's somebody that's trying to be a, a standout Muslim wrestler right now uh, in in the WWE. You know, they're getting behind the club and Finn Balor, guys that are diehards. I know that Lego spot seems like a dumb thing to you. But again, to those hardcore fans, they did something to try to grab them. I mean, I saw little things throughout these two shows where I was like, at least they're going to try some stuff here. And they took Grandpa Vince and they dressed him up like Santa Claus. And they made him look <laughs> like a fool. And I'm sure we're going to hear from Vince at some point how effing stupid he thinks that is. Um, but to me, I, yeah, I mean, I really I thought that I saw some incremental changes here between Raw and SmackDown. You know, and I'll, we'll see how far they take it. Did you guys see on that survey uh, last week about the what do you want to see more of? One of the options was mystical powers in matches. <laughs> <Wait>, what? <laughs> sure, why not? 
Oh, hey, man. Lucha Underground kind of teetered on that a little bit, sort of Mortal Kombat style, you know? Yeah. Make things different, change it up. Those surveys, man, I wonder if they're really listening to the audience. I mean, those surveys are getting more and more in-depth. Here's the problem, and, and this goes back to Ali, too. If Ali starts getting super over, they're going to marginalize him because they don't want any guy being bigger than the brand. Uh, and Vince has said as much. I mean, Bully Ray, uh, he's said that in a recent interview that Vince flat out told him uh, that they don't want any superstars getting bigger than the brand itself. So if someone's getting super over, Vince doesn't want to lose that control. And that's what you see constantly. You don't see guys pushed as larger than life that often. Braun, look, I, I have a feeling that... By WrestleMania time, Braun is going to be uh, way lower than he is right now. Maybe. Again, like they should be extra sketch. I don't know. But I, I do think with Ali, um, and we, we got some more SmackDown here to talk. Um, I don't necessarily know that Ali is uh, going to be like in the main event. I think it's too early. I think they're rebuilding him right now. Um, but for where I do think they're going for WrestleMania, Ali is a heck of a guy to have as the bridge between where they are now and, and where they want to be. And we get that here in a second when we, uh, we talk Shane and Miz. So. Yeah. So Miz TV, uh, Miz brings Shane out, tries to do this co-besties tag team thing. Shane's finally like, dude, why are you so hung up on this? And the Miz wants us to believe that his father has never been proud of him. They're told him he's done a good job in the WWE. But if he teamed with Shane McMahon, all that would change. I have to admit, this is kind of a lackluster payoff, right? I mean, I like Nick. What was your idea that Miz wants to be a McMahon? I thought that was much better. This, well, no, this was perfect for me. And I know it's like, okay, whatever. Maybe you think I'm I'm being too nice to them here, but look, the Miz gave us a reason for the reason he's been trying to get in the McMahon's good graces. I'm trying to make my father proud of me. Simple. It's easy to identify with. There was enough of an emotional moment there where, like I said, when he said, "Do you guys want to see this happen for me and Shane?" There were visible yes chants. Right? People sure. were behind this moment here. And this, to me, this is where we start to finally see the double turn as we go into Mania here. Because I definitely think Daniel Bryan The Miz is still the direction you want to go. Daniel Bryan skewing off to the dark side. Uh, the Miz now actually getting the yes chance and reappropriating them for himself. Um, I, you got to get through the Rumble into Mania. Uh, I think that Ali probably is the guy at the Rumble. I doubt he wins, but who knows? Anything can happen. Um, and that sets the stage for a new number one contender in some way to get Miz and Daniel Bryan on a collision course. Now, how Shane McMahon plays into that, we'll see. He's obviously very skeptical about working with the Miz. Don't make me regret this, I think was the line that he said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that the I think that the, the two paths will weave here for Daniel Bryan and Miz going into Mania. Ali is going to be a character who's going to come out of this, hopefully looking a little bit more credible into whatever he does next. And we'll see what Shane, what kind of wily tactics he's got that's going to play into this. Um, so for what it was, I thought it was good. Again, you know, this is the Christmas episode. Uh, expectations were low, but I, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I agree with Nick. I thought this, I thought this was really entertaining. I think Miz and Shane have a interesting chemistry. I think they're, they're good together. Uh, I don't think it's leading to Miz and Daniel Bryan at Mania. I think it's leading to Shane versus the Miz. One of them is going to turn on the other. You know, Shane always has to have a big match at Mania. And, you know, really, who else is there? Um, so, and, and <laughs> this is when... Partner. 
Shane and Ali, who knows? Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, the, the Shane angles usually start a little earlier. So that uh, that's where I think this is going is Shane versus The Miz at Mania. I'm guessing that The Miz was supposed to be the baby face before and Shane the heel with this new shakeup. Maybe Miz, you know, turns on Shane. But that, and that's kind of where I see it going. But I, I think this is uh, really easy to watch, really entertaining. And I, and I, I think it's... In my opinion, I think I thought this was the best stuff on the show. No, I just think the Miz saying his father's the motivation. You watch Miz and Mrs. You watch anything they've ever done about the Miz. His parents have. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm Whoa, saying. It's like wait, wait, wait. Did it? you actually watch Miz and Miss? I saw some clips, but I've okay. seen, I've, I know the Miz. Look, I've been. I watched it, and there is a big point that Miz makes in that show about his dad never being proud of him because he goes, <laughs> "Dad." Who's your Who's your favorite wrestler, Dad? And he goes, The Rock. And he's like, I'm your son. You're supposed to say me. And he and like it comes up throughout the series how the Miz is like, my I can't get my dad's. He's not proud of me. So honestly, it does play into what you've been seeing. In I think it's there. sort of gaslighting. I think that's how their banter comes off. But going back to the real world, the Miz's parents have always been supportive of him. Well, sure, but again, like if you watch the show, Miz struggles with the fact that his yeah. dad is like never See, impressed by what he did. And like, daddy issues are something that you know they're yeah, relatable. They love each other, but it comes up pretty often how Miz is like, "Why is my dad not proud of me? Why am I not his favorite wrestler?" Like he says that quite a bit, you know. That's almost don't... worse. Like when your parents support your career and then you're not their favorite, you know. So. I, 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 you know, I, I'd like for them to show some of that, like show okay. because so many people don't want, you know, the majority of the people watching SmackDown have not watched every episode of Mrs. Mrs. If they so. give Mrs. Dad TV time and the Mrs. Dad is in the front row, like with you know, he's like booing the Miz, yeah, like <laughs> with Daniel Bryan foam fingers, you know, and an AJ Styles T-shirt, that would be funny. I could get behind that. Um, I just think the, to have the Miz have this level of vulnerability, I mean, maybe it is a babyface turn. Um, I still think, man, if there was anyone to pick as the new GM on the roster, the Miz would be the way to go. Uh, they don't need to – I think they're done with the GM thing. Yeah. I which mean, Paige was great, so Paige why, fantastic. Why, why, why drop it for someone else when you already had someone that was really good? Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, do we get any further insight behind the scenes? I mean, I know she's going to be promoting her movie coming out, but – no, I mean, I'm sure they have no idea right now, but I think Paige would be a fantastic manager. I've, yeah. I've said before, and it doesn't, you know, I feel like sometimes WWE gets in a box where it's like, oh, which female wrestler? It doesn't have to be a female wrestler. She can manage, you know, anyone, uh, any any wrestler that they need, you know, that could use that push. Um, I think she would be fantastic. I think, hey, you know, her and Nakamura it sounds weird, but. I think uh, there could be something there. Hmm. No, not a bad idea. Uh, I need something. He's he's floundering. So Samoa Joe cutting a promo. Jeff Hardy's obsessed with him. The Samoa Joe's Jeff Hardy's new addiction. That was weird. Um, leading to Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy fight. Jeff Hardy uh, crossing a line, getting DQ'd in this match. Is this should this feud continue much longer, Raj? Have you been enjoying this? <laughs> it's weird. I, on paper, I would think I would care about it a lot more, but I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't care about it. Um, I just again, I think it's Samoa Joe was hot four months ago. He's kind of been marginalized. Just feels very mid card, and, and Jeff Hardy, you know, dude's a superstar, and there's just something lacking in this feud. I, I mean, they're bringing a, a real life 
issue, which I, you know, I think often makes for the best feuds, but I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but there's just something lacking in this. Yeah. Nick, what do you think it is? Do you think that they're giving almost Samojo too much promo time that a little goes a lot further? Do you think Jeff Hardy's cooled off a little bit? What do you think is lacking in this feud? Well, to, to me, in many ways, the feud actually kind of finally started on Tuesday hmm. because unlike what we got with Randy Orton, where Randy Orton like pushed Jeff Hardy to his limits, and then we never got a follow-up. I mean, they had this insane Hell in a Cell match, right? And then, then like two weeks later, Jeff was back on TV bopping around and never got back into it. If nothing else... Jeff Hardy was sick and tired of what Joe's saying, and he's a good guy, and he got himself disqualified. Again, it's like a little thing, but like he gave himself an edge here where he went after Joe, got himself disqualified, and then it ends with Joe choking him out over on the, the other side of the table. This went from being all uh, posturing to something physical, right? And now we're going to get a chance to see how these guys really go at each other full-throatedly. I, I think this goes to the Rumble. Uh, it's going to be theirs to hit or miss. These are two talents watching it. In my head, I was like, these guys had to have worked together in Impact when Jeff was the immortal champion and Samoa Joe, uh, I think he was there at the same time. So I think these guys have had time to work together and maybe even build some chemistry. Um, it, it'll, be their, it'll be their story to tell. I did enjoy the fact it became more physical and less about uh, the posturing. But did that make it you excited for this feud? Because I, I agree. Yeah. I felt like this wasn't... This wasn't the end for sure. But no. how far will I, it, Jeff take it? They don't do good guys that break the rules much anymore. How how far is Jeff? How is he broken? What lengths is he going to, to go after this man now? Nobody's really gone at Joe. I mean, AJ Styles, you know, he didn't go to the house. I mean, there was always kind of a distance there where Joe was doing creepy stuff, but then AJ was the better man for it. Is Jeff Hardy going to go to a darker place here? Is he going to allow himself to evolve and be taken there? by Samoa Joe. And that's the story that I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they flesh it out and really tell it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just feel like it's going to be a lot of 50, 50 stuff with this feud. I think Hardy will win a couple. Joe will win a couple. Look, Joe's been marginalized. I mean, he's lost what four or five times now on pay-per-view. Uh, he yeah. got beaten 20 seconds at, at survivor series. His first guy out. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to look at this feud as really getting one guy to the next level. It's, it's just kind of there. Yeah. I think with Joe, because they've never let him have that victory um, and win one of these feuds, I think that it's just not credible, you know, at this point. I think that, man, even a short time with the title would have given him a lot more uh, chops in this. Yeah, but you don't, you know, at the same time, you don't want to flip flop the belts to someone you're not. I just feel like they don't see Joe at that level and they wouldn't have given him a, a real title run. So why put the title on him? Yeah, I think they should. I think Joe is ultra talented. He's a great promo. Uh, he's an interesting character, but it's clear that they don't see him at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, backstage had Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville trying to take Naomi's man. Well, Mandy, at least with the mistletoe and, um, Naomi, not having any of that. Stepping up her feud with Mandy Rose. Um, I think so. Female writers right here. Yeah, I mean, they really only got like five plots for female wrestlers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that, I mean, they've been going at it on Twitter a lot. I'm sure uh, they'll get a match next week. Um, but I think Sonya and Mandy, they've been pushing this tag team idea, Fire and Desire. 
So uh, I think if Naomi can get a new partner, they can definitely do something with that. Good story for the women's tag division. United States title match, Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This got the entire last half hour of the show. Uh, except for that little promo at the end that we'll talk about, that little backstage segment. Um, man, this is where the piped-in audio really took it up a notch with the dueling Nakamura-Rusev chance. The, this is awesome chance. <sighs> this was a good match. Uh, ultimately ended with Rusev winning and becoming the new United States champion. There you have it. Something of... Uh, importance happened on this christmas episode of smackdown live uh what'd you think of the match nick yeah they were they were given a lot of time here i think they got like 25 minutes here at the end of the show um i think at least maybe 20 in the ring it was uh it was you know like i I think raj and i were talking about before if you saw their crown jewel kickoff show match these guys work well together i mean it's not a surprise they went out there and had a good bout uh it was the christmas episode you wanted to do something meaningful to to leave people happy, the title change work, uh, giving them time to work, I think, again, appeals to your diehard fans that they're seemingly going after more and more. And, um, yeah, it, it was it was fine. It was a fun thing. I don't really know, unlike the other stuff that I've kind of defended a little bit where it's like, well, we're opening the door. Maybe we're going somewhere with this. Who could, you know, I don't really know where you go with these guys, right? They're done. I, I want to see Rusev move on to something else here. And I, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. Nakamura right now is just – uh a drift i don't get it so uh, yeah i agree with you nick um it's weird nick when you mentioned crown jewel doesn't that feel like that was like eight months ago <laughs> not just they like saw the, trophy. the trophy is the center point of miz and shane they feel like holding it you know? i'm glad that shane winning that uh has had such a strong storyline reason but uh regardless i think uh it's just six months too late. Rusev, him doing Rusev Day sounds lame. You know, when Aiden English would do it, it was it was cool, it was funny, uh, it was entertaining. Rusev doing it, it just doesn't work. I, I don't know. I think... They got to bring Aiden back. Aiden's got to show up next week. Aiden's not even getting a main event slot. Like, he's, like, just MIA. Um, On Twitter, he was funny. He uh, Someone was throwing shade at me and was like, oh, I gave Rusev the fire to push him in this direction, you know? But yeah. seriously, let's just I mean, pretend trying, they know. But yeah. they, I mean, it, I, I called it from the beginning. As soon as this feud is done with Rusev, he's going to be uh, in obscurity. And it, it, and it sucks because he's a talented guy. But again, I think Rusev, he's just, it's, he, he, needs, he needs Aiden or something because I just feel like, his, his character has just gone downhill. Yeah, it takes two to tango. I mean, again, who are the bad guys right now? Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe? Everybody else got babied this week. It was weird. Like, everybody got babied in one way or another this week. There aren't very many heels left. But, uh, yeah, I agree. But and, and, again, to your point, Nick, you look at Nakamura. If I'm a wrestler in New Japan, if I'm a Japanese talent, I'm like – why would I sign with WWE? Nakamura has tons of charisma, and you see what they're what they've done with him. His U.S. title reign sucked. He had no meaningful storylines during his entire reign, and you know they had the Nakamura USA, whatever that was. Knock um, America. Knock America. It just sucked. They had no ideas for him. They can't push him, and he's got tons of charisma. He's interesting, and uh, I don't see why anyone would want to jump over. That Dolph Ziggler feud with Nakamura to kick off Nakamura coming to the main roster, I mean, is one of the worst feuds. Yeah, that pulled him off instantly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this match was okay, but yeah, I think Nakamura needs a bit of a, a reboot after this. And Rusev, man, get him back with Aiden. I think it'll it'll all be great. I would say this this would have been a great note to go out on that would have left the people happy uh, to end SmackDown Live on Christmas Day. But then we go backstage. I don't think the crowd was shown this in the arena. No, they weren't. Um, they were not shown this in the arena. Uh, AJ Styles bumping into Vince McMahon. Vince, unclear who he is, what his name is. Looking confused. Uh, AJ Styles reintroduces himself to uh, the head of the company. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, the two-time champ, the one who built SmackDown. And Vince says, if it's the house that AJ built, why isn't he competing? Why is Daniel Bryan raising hell in AJ's house? Why does Daniel Bryan have the title and not AJ? Uh, Vince throwing the shade, getting him fired up. Vince smacking AJ. AJ smacking Vince back. And uh, we go off the air with Vince smiling. Looking like perhaps this is a new fetish. Perhaps the fetish he's had all along. Men just beating him up and he lays in the ground. Looking so pleased with himself. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Really like, right? Like, that look on his face <laughs> did look a little sort of like, ooh, Vince is too into this. You Took know? it to a fetish place. Um, yeah, I just think he was happy that he put some fire in AJ Styles, right? I mean... <laughs> He, I don't think he's, I mean, maybe full attention. I don't know. But, uh, come, here, come here, young man. I'd like to put some fire in you. Whatever. Better fire than something else. Um, the, uh, I, I just, I thought that, I thought that this was just good for what it was. Look, yes, there's a lot. You've set me up for a ton of entendres. Um, there, uh, I think, I think that this, you know, again, AJ needs fire. He's got to go somewhere. I don't know. It's a, it was a fun way to end SmackDown. It's different. Are we going to get an AJ Styles, Vince McMahon feud? Are they going to do that? I don't Hope know. So. Uh, I, I could see Vince, and this is what it should be. Vince should be like, ratings are never down when I'm competing on, on TV. So Vince is like, I could save the company single-handed. That is an awesome storyline. 73 years old, oiled up, coming out there shirtless. Maybe this leads to – maybe this is – because, look – we we started the show talking about how Daniel Bryan and the debate about how much influence does, does Vince have on the Daniel Bryan character. He's telling AJ Styles, please go beat down this hippie. It would make me very happy to watch you take control of SmackDown again. Like, is there more, is there more to this? You know, it's like, I don't really know where they're going, but he does seem to really want AJ Styles to get fired up and beat down Daniel Bryan. I mean, it definitely, that much was clear to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, AJ needs something. I, I mean, I've, I, I've been saying this forever with his title run as a baby. I, I mean, that's WWE's problem with baby faces in general. They don't uh, write well for baby faces. They put all the heat on the heels. All the best lines go to heels. You got, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, doing sheep noises to Drew McIntyre. Uh, that's the stuff they do with baby faces. So if this means something new for AJ or getting him a little edge, I'm all for it. I thought... I thought the acting in this segment was kind of cringe, uh, but I'm, I'm all for uh, giving AJ a, a twist. I can't see Vince wrestling again, uh, but if, if this is a way to get AJ a little more of an edge, uh, a, a little darker, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I hope so. Yeah. These segments are always good. I mean, look at uh, last year with KO headbutting Vince. Vince is very effective when he puts himself into these angles. Um, I, I hope they keep him on TV for a while. I think it was a mistake last year to have him come out and do that with KO and then disappear for a couple months. I do think he's yeah, better I, for ratings. Oh, yeah. 
When used sparingly. If yeah. he's out every week, then it's, he's just back to being another character. But um, well, and and he's like he's more of an ensemble member now, right? I mean, he's doing this backstage thing with AJ. He did the thing last week where like Shane can't come out and play. He was Grandpa Vince on Raw. I mean, they're using him in a way that is more traditionally like Attitude Era Vince McMahon usage, where he just kind of shows up and he does things. Now, I don't know that we're gonna get the kind of uh, main storyline, Steve Austin, Vince. I don't see Vince and AJ having that feud. I think we're going to see him more like this, just kind of used like a spice throughout the show when it when it seems appropriate because he does have value on screen. I think Vince is, in a lot of ways, a huge uh, part of the, Looking at Vince, that's the problem. The biggest star in the company is a 73-year-old man. That, yeah. The only one that makes difference in ratings is a 73-year-old man. So. I could you imagine if Lorne Michaels got the kind of audience reaction that Vince McMahon does? They'd be writing Lorne into sketches every week. <laughs> well, Lorne was always very smart about staying off camera in that way, but it was a different time, right? SNL, there's, I could do a whole dissertation about how the evolution of uh, WWE and SNL have uh, evolved. I mean, they've evolved right alongside each other. I mean, mm -hmm. SNL was a few years before WWE. But Lorne and Vince McMahon are very interesting characters, and Lorne just he doesn't he doesn't have the same charisma. He's not as interested, uh, but there are very there are similarities in the in the way they book their shows. That's for sure. So. All right, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's talk real quick about Impact um, and and wrap up here. Okay. Uh, Impact moving to Pursuit TV. Um, uh, what do you guys think? Nick? Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, I. I yeah, I uh, I talked to Impact Wrestling Executive Vice President Scott Demore uh, last week, just before the holidays. We're going to release the whole interview uh, tomorrow as part of the Winkley. And Scott sounds largely optimistic about the move. I mean, it's real easy to kind of you know poo-poo them going uh, to a network that uh, I don't think has the same footprint as Pop TV necessarily. But at the same time, Scott makes some really interesting points about how Pop TV is like a network that's geared towards women. I mean, if you've ever watched impact wrestling live you know the lead into it was the young and the restless uh, <laughs> and then like the show after it was always some kind of uh female like house of something or whatever so it was always a little out of place uh pursuit is a men's lifestyle outdoor hunting network the the guy who's watching uh canadian white-tailed dove hunting tips which is an actual show i watched on pursuit because i tuned in um is maybe more likely to stick around and watch some professional wrestling uh when he's done watching his hunting program so aesthetically it seems like it may be a better fit because they're on a mid channel now as opposed to one that that's aimed at women but realistically i think this is just a way for them to to, to hang their hat on the fact they have a national ch television channel in north america it sounds like up in canada they're dealing with the fight network uh maybe a little bit more important um and they still i mean their 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 online imprint is growing by leaps and bounds they had, uh, bounds. They added a million subscribers on youtube in 2018 so mm -hmm. it's one piece of a much larger puzzle um i i'm willing to give it a chance i won't be shocked if the first week there's some abysmally low number and how that affects the company who knows go ahead I mean, good for pursuit, right? I think that's Impact's pitch. You know, hey, if you want people to find your channel, put Impact on it. And there's a segment of people that will say, "Do I get pursuit?" And they'll ask that question for the first time ever. Um, so I'm sure you know this is more of a win for a pursuit than Impact. I don't know that Pop was necessarily that bad of a fit, uh, especially when you look at the evolving demographic of wrestling. Um, 
I don't know, because Pop had some heat behind it, right? They were showing Schitt's Creek in the U.S., a couple other shows that have kind of a buzz. Um, I mean, with Impact, I just – at what point do they get some momentum behind them and it just doesn't keep going lower and lower to where, you know, mm. like how low can it's it inter- go? But it's interesting because their fan base does seem to be growing, right? Like online, yeah. their footprint is huge. You know, how many people are really watching TV? What are the DVR numbers? completely different argument to be had it does sound like they've cut a lot of costs um maybe they're making a move to try to get back into black and if you're at least in the black even though your footprint isn't as large that's a successful business so i i don't know what their ledgers look like but the people that work there right now are that are happy i know they're happy and the fans that are are they're growing i mean there's yeah. more people i know that are interested in impact now than there was a year ago so it's it's tough to say. What is a television network? How much does it mean in the in the lay of the land these days? What doesn't um, mean anything for their fans? I think it's more what can the TV network do for them? Because Impact clearly has its core fan base. Its clear core fan base um, will watch it if it's streaming on YouTube or Twitch. But I think you get that additional exposure by being on a network that has some cachet and some heat behind it. Yeah, the TV viewership's at an all time low um, now. I think what Impact needs is a star. They need someone that uh, is not, you know, whether it's Jericho or someone to give it a, a boost because just good wrestling is not working right now because they're, they're, the wrestling on that show has been great the last six months and they're, they're, the viewership numbers have fallen. They need a, a hot storyline and a big star to give it. Or a, a handful. A, a, at least one, you know, someone. I'm going to say this, Nick, cover your ears. Uh, Impact, Enzo and Cass. I mean, I just don't see it. They're not liked. Um, they got people that like. I mean, I think right yeah, now, no, no, in the in, in the locker room, they're not no. liked, Glenn. I'm telling you, yeah. they're not going to work there. Um, but I, I will say that more realistically, a point that was brought up by Meltzer, and I, I also asked Scott about in the interview was how much is keeping the late night uh, time slot really? Uh, why was that decision made? And it does sound like. Part of it was knowing SmackDown is moving to 8 p.m. Eastern um, on Friday nights in October. This show will start at 10 p.m. Eastern. So you're going to have a four-hour block on Friday nights, two hours of SmackDown. How many of those fans are then going to want to watch two more hours of Impact on a different network? That's going to be – I mean, is that a selling point? You know, we'll, we'll find out. And you got nine – that's nine months away, right, so from when they move. So that's a, that's a long period of time to hope that – you maintain enough of an audience and then hope that once that comes, that more of that audience is not done watching two hours of wrestling is ready for another two. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think impact is, it's so, you know, it's good for wrestling that they do well. And so I really hope that they do. Um, every time they switch to a network, it's some network I've never heard of before, whether it was destination America pop, you know, that was the first time I really, heard of them or watched something was once they moved. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Just, and yeah. And Scott was point, quick to point out, you know, this is a slow rollout. They're not looking to reinvent the wheel here. And I, I hear the argument to be made about bringing a name, bringing a Jericho Enzo and cast, you know, but their fans like their roster. I mean, they absorbed a lot of Lucha underground talent. The, uh, the Lucha brothers have really only started breaking out and impact in the past. I don't know, six months before that Pinto was, you know, kind of a singles champion. Brian Cage is is very, very marketable. Uh, the OVE stuff with Sammy Callahan, I mean, he's proven himself able to get viral. He's one, one good moment away as well. Johnny Impact, I mean, 
Morrison's, I mean, it's just on Survivor. I mean, there's things that he can do. There's good guys there right now. They're not trying to push it too quick, too soon. Um, they've seen growth over 2018. Their fan base has grown. I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to hopefully keep making decisions that play to their core base and slowly start to grow around it. And I think that's kind of their, their game plan in 2019. I can't agree with the growth. Uh, when they moved to pop, they were doing three to 400,000 viewers. Now they're down to about 110, 120. Uh, you know, How do you add a million subscribers on YouTube in a year? They had one million YouTube, to the of the company. YouTube, YouTube doesn't pay you anything. They don't make money off of YouTube. Uh, and you look at each clip that they do, it's like 5,000 viewers, 10,000 viewers on, on a YouTube clip. I that's mean, not true. I could pop over there right now and find videos sure. that do far more than that. And, and, they, and they are pushing... Uh, they're going to try to be pushing more live events. They're trying to push their merchandise more. I mean, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat here in professional wrestling these days. I just think that they have, I mean, they've trimmed a lot down here. I don't really know what the monetary decisions are. I know that Anthem owns a piece of pursuit. They don't own the whole mm. thing. I don't really know exactly how that works. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that they have grown in 2018 as opposed to where they were before. I just, I, I hear more about them. I know that fans are more passionate about their wrestlers. Are they getting as big of a TV uh, distribution bump? I don't know. But they do seem to be making it up in other places. Also, like Glenn brought up Twitch. They were the most watched uh, you know, network on Twitch in 2018 as well, uh, beating out AAA, which I think was number two. Uh, and House of Hardcore, I think, was number three. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they, they're just trying to find different avenues to, to get their brand out there right now that aren't necessarily just a television deal. Um, so we'll see if that game plan works out in 2019. But they have a game plan, and they do seem to be sticking to it, and they, they seem to think it's working. But that's always been Impact's gateway, is that we have named talent who you still want to watch, who the WWE wasn't interested in pushing or capitalizing on. You know, the yeah. WWE cast-offs have always been... So I think Impact needs another round of that, and it's getting harder because WWE is not cutting talent. The way well, look at Rig of, Rig of Modern didn't go sign a bunch of WWE. You guys, they signed Brody King, PCO, and Bandito. You know, they're making stars. They're, the they're Ring of Honor, guys. But that's always been a Ring of Honor. The Ring of Honor has always taken that road. TNA has always been more about, God, so calling it TNA. Impact has always been more about taking the the slightly faded stars and shining them up again. Which yeah, is a different mistake. Diff, yeah, I was about to say, new regime. Different, like I said, mm -hmm. Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, the Pinta, uh, the Lucha Brothers. I mean, there's talent there. I mean, and I a agree. lot of it's still fresh. So, and, and, I, and when I say get a Jericho, I don't mean you build a company around Jericho. I mean, you use him to get one of your young guys over. Yeah, I, I think as far as a crossover guy, I think Eli Drake, they have him on the roster. He's super entertaining. He's someone that a casual fan could watch and be like, hey, oh, that guy seems like a star. He's someone I think that they should be pushing. Just good wrestling is not going to do it. There's tons of it out there. So. Yeah. I agree. And, and I mean, look, the, the, it's not like they're not willing to try some things to get some attention. That Aries, John Morris and stuff, I don't even really know what happened there. I'm going to see Aries at Warrior Wrestling in like a week and a half, and hopefully uh, we can get a little scoop here on, on what actually went down there. But it's not like these people are not willing to try some out there stuff to try to get some attention right now and, and make some compelling storylines. Uh, it's just harder, you know, when you're you're fighting upwards instead of working down sometimes like WWE is. Well, and Jimmy Jacobs still working there? Still writing? Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's backstage right now. Uh, you got Don, Don Callis backstage. You got Scott Demore. I mean, they're friendly with Jericho. I, I brought up the Jericho thing in the Demore interview, which, again, will air tomorrow. Doesn't sound like the lines of communication are closed there. But if nothing else, you know, he brings up, look, Jericho's watching our product. He live-tweeted Bound for Glory. He live-tweeted 
Slammiversary. He'll probably live tweet Homecoming. You know, there are people that are interested right now in helping to keep Impact afloat and growing. How much that changes with this whole AEW thing, I don't know. Um, but it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so I don't know. There you go. That's that's all I know about Impact from from the Demore thing. Again, all of the we have some of it written up on the site already. You can go go find some of the Scott Demore quotes. We'll have more up, I think, uh, later this week. But the full interview will drop tomorrow on the Winkley. So if you subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. You can hear it from the horse's mouth yourself. Awesome. Uh, anything else to plug, Raj? Anything else coming up on the site? We should check out this week's Winkly. Tons of stuff. Uh, Scott Demore, uh, as Nick was saying. Um, uh, who else you got this week, Nick? I am also releasing uh, the interview I did with Glow founder David McLean. And I was given the name David McLean. I was like, how do I know that name? And I sat down and I started doing my research again. And I was like, oh, my God. This is a, the founder of Glow. He's also a character in the, not him, but there's a character based off him in the Netflix series, Glow. Um, so you get to hear a lot about the early days of Glow, the risks he took. Uh, he's now bringing back women's wrestling on Access TV with Mark Cuban, with the women of wrestling, cool. uh, with Tessa Blanchard. So a lot to get into there. Uh, you guys are definitely going to love it. And uh, I definitely, uh, I, I think you should, you should subscribe. And find Justin and I back here tomorrow, same time, noon Eastern to talk the news cool guys uh i'm glenn rubenstein you can find me on twitter at glenn rubenstein would appreciate a follow there and uh monday are we doing this monday we're we doing this new year's eve uh, not this monday okay not this monday the next monday me raj matt morgan then next wednesday we're back here for smackdown coverage but the following tuesday smackdown coverage on wrestling inc goes to live tuesday nights right when smackdown goes off the air it's going to be very exciting. Myself, Raj, Matt Morgan, same Monday night crew that we do on the pay-per-views, everything else. It's going to be fantastic. And then what's Wednesday going to be turning into? The Winkley. Wednesday with the Winkley. The Winkley, yeah, sorry, the week of the 14th. Yeah, it'll be uh, uh, Tuesday through Thursday with the Winkley. So we'll have a press release out here this week. I don't know exactly when we drop it. I know that's the holidays right now. But we'll have the official schedule for you guys all out there very shortly. And we may have some uh, other audio opportunities coming up for you guys. So just stay tuned. It's a holiday week. I promise you guys, 2019, we got some stuff in the barrel. We're going to knock your socks off. Well, uh, let me be the first to say, Happy New Year, guys. It's coming up. Before we know it, it'll be 2019. And uh, this has been a great year for Wrestling Inc. Love some of the Indeed. additions we've made, the way we've evolved this and keep doing it. Uh, Raj, thank you for giving us all this opportunity. Yes. Thank you, guys. And uh, look forward to continued success in 2019. Absolutely. Cool. And I thank, I thank all of your readers, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, so until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.